What price do we pay for freedom? Everyone yells freedom and equality in the streets. But who decides when we're actually a free country? How many people, when you say, let's go save America, think of God first? What can you do that will truly help save America? You know, I am tired of hearing everything out of the fake news except the truth. If you really think you can keep me from speaking my mind, well, I'm going to have to tell you something. I don't believe we actually have this many people in government who sound like total idiots. I think I have the perfect plan to take the Democrats by storm. They'll never see it coming. They really won't. Hayden Kuvion with The Patriot Show again, bringing you more of the Creation Week. And guess what today is? That's right, it's day four, starting in Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. Oh, he made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Many who read the creation account or even know it by heart would say that this day may have been the most miraculous of all the days of the creation week. The fact that God created all of the stars, billions and trillions of stars and galaxies beyond our ability to see and comprehend, giving beauty and light to the entire universe, making our sky from here on earth look absolutely beautiful in the limited scope of what we can actually see on a beautiful dark night when all the stars, countless, clustered together in different formations, slowly rotate across the sky for us to enjoy. What a beautiful sight it is. When you set up a telescope and look at stars individually, or even the moon, you see what a beautiful thing God has created and what a wonderful God he is. How miraculous it is that when he writes this or dictates it to Moses in the Bible, that he doesn't create an entire verse even, or even half a verse on the stars. It's simply like an afterthought. He made the stars also, as if stars were like the trim to a beautiful job of house painting. Stars are just the outskirts, the, the irrelevant additional detail that God decided to throw in. In just a split second, it doesn't even say, God said. It says, and he made the stars also. And the stars, suddenly there they were, shining in God's eyes, a beautiful sight to him, the creator of them. And he sees that they are good, and indeed they are. They are a beautiful thing, a marvel of God's creation. Not simply because of the number and of their magnitude, but of the way they stay in space, serenely orbiting, staying exactly where God put them. The countless stars, and yet God knows every single one of them by name. And yet still somehow in the room in the back of his mind is all of that information and the one thing that he focuses on most what he loves more than anything else in the world is us humans small specks on a huge earth which is in fact small compared to the solar system to the galaxy we live in and our galaxy being only one of those tiny twinkling needle points in the vast canvas the curtain of the heavens which god spreads out across the vast expanse of space. 
It is us, us in the front of his mind, the most important thing to him. We are what he sent his own son to die for, what his own son came willingly to die for. We are the ones he wants to spend eternity with. We are the ones he wants to love, and he wants to love him. We are his most important focus. And yet look at the stars. So many billions of them. They're made just perfectly. Every fine detail of the stars has to be just right in order for a star to survive, to not implode, to keep from being ugly, yet stars are such a beautiful thing even when they explode. The supernova, the destruction of a star, one of the most beautiful things that ever happens in space. God finally tuned everything in the stars, in the planets, in the galaxies. Everything that we see when we look up at night, even in the daytime, we see the sun, sometimes we see the moon. That sun, it isn't just random. It has to be just the right temperature, just the right size, just the right color, and we have to be just the right distance from it. Otherwise, we would either fall into it, fly away from it, or be burned up, or freeze to death. But God knew what he was doing. He made everything just right for us. He didn't leave any details out. Every planet is in just the right place. Every star, just the right distance. Every single thing in space, every asteroid, every bit of dust is exactly where God wanted it. Where he knew it would be, whether it's the result of a collision which happened hundreds of years ago, or a collision which is about to happen tomorrow, or a collision which happened when it first began, we don't know. But God knew where every single bit of dust, every single star would be. He knew everything. He knows all the what-ifs. He knows what could have been, what wasn't, what may be, what will never be. And he doesn't know what may be, because he knows what will be. And with God, there is no maybe. There is yes, and there is no. This will happen, this will not. While humans have freedom of choice, God knows what we will choose. It's up to us to choose it. But somehow in his infinite wisdom, he knows, and he uses that. We cannot understand it because our brains are not the brains of God. We are not in God's mind. This was what the devil used to deceive Eve. Her limited understanding was her greatest weakness because you know what he offered her? He offered her to be like God, knowing good and evil. And that was something I believe she wouldn't have known, good and evil. The only thing she knew was what she had been exposed to. The good, the perfect, the paradise, the love of God. Why anyone would want to give that up knowingly, I don't think they would. However, what happened with Eve, what happened with Adam, what happened in the garden, was the offer to be like God, to be maybe equal or even superior to him, to know what he wouldn't tell you, as if God was somehow unjust, that he would keep something from us that we needed to know, and that would not tell us in the exact moment that we needed to know it. Yes, God knows everything. One day, maybe we shall understand just as he does. But when we get to eternity and we're worshiping him all of our days, it won't matter. It won't matter why this happened. It won't matter why that happened. It won't matter why this person had to die and that person didn't. Why the drunk lived and the other person got killed. It won't matter. None of that will matter. Because in eternity, there will be none of that. There will be no sorrow. Nothing sorrowful to even think about, to dream about, to even fear. No fear, nothing. It won't cross our minds because we'll be in a perfect paradise. Humanity, as we know it, will be no more. There won't be any of this murder, the sinful nature of man, taxes, money. Why will we need it? We won't because we will be in the presence of God. There is no theft, no death, no murder, nothing except perfect paradise, worshiping God, living in harmony with one another and the family of Christ through eternity. Don't you want to see that day? Aren't you so anxious to meet the God who created all of the stars, as many as two trillion galaxies, 
each with billions of stars. The Milky Way has over 300 billion stars, and it's one of the smaller galaxies. Don't you want to meet the God that created that, and yet writes it in his book, his word, the one record of what he does, of the things that he is proud of that he calls very good, but writes that in as half of a sentence. He made the stars also. But the stars do something else for us. They give us light. They make gravity work just right. Two stars passing a hundred miles away from each other. One may prevent the other by just enough of a pull from smashing into our galaxy and causing a total death of everyone on the Earth. Yet the Bible says that in the end, the stars will fall to Earth. We don't know what that's going to look like. If they're actual stars, which are so much bigger than our planet or even our sun, or if they're asteroids or something resembling stars, or if they're angels, we do not know. But we know that the Bible says the stars will fall from heaven. The works of God's hands, because everything, except God himself, was created by God. And everything in this universe, all the stars, all the galaxies, everything, will be thrown into a lake of fire, because sin has marred this world, and where sin is, there can be no true restoration, except the power of Jesus Christ, which is the power to forgive, to cleanse us. But Jesus will not cleanse the world, as we said. It was humans, this little speck of insignificance in a vast universe. Humans are what God went through the effort to save. Jesus came to die here for us. Not the rest of the universe. The rest of the universe, as well as those who do not accept God's gift, are condemned to hell. The universe, all those people, they will all be burned in a lake of fire. God will create a new heaven and a new earth that is not marred by sin, so that we, who have been cleansed by him, and who are no longer marred by sin, will live in a world that does not groan under the penalty of sin. Aren't you so eager for that day? How can you wait to see it? How can you wait to see your Redeemer? The person who went through an effort to save just you out of everything, beautiful stars, that he might have wanted to see, but he has the power to create those again. And while he could create you again, there's something about you, your soul, that is irreplaceable even to God, that he wants to see you in heaven. He wants to see you in eternity. He wants you to stand before him and say, I am bought with the blood of the Lamb of God. He wants to tell you, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Father. That said, let's get to your daily headline. CNN coming out against the CDC's policy of masking for vaccinated people. Listen to this. Uh, mandated vaccination may be one way to get there, and we saw a lot more blue on that map. Um, as you can see on that map, it's it's more more red and orange than than anywhere blue. But if we saw a lot more blue on that map with high vaccination rates, and, and to be clear, these will go hand in hand. If we have more and more people vaccinated, um, we will win in this race, and and the virus will be uh, less transmitting, and um, and we will be able to to be able to lift some of these things. You know, I don't want to play the blame game here, but, uh, you know, for vaccinated people, you know, why is this happening to them? I mean, this is a situation created by the high numbers of people still unvaccinated in this country. Is that a fair statement? 
This is a situation that is created by more and more transmission of the Delta virus among people who are unvaccinated. This is not about who needs to take responsibility. That is that is not really why um, we put this guidance out. We put this guidance out because the science demonstrates that if you are vaccinated, you could potentially give disease to someone else. And that was what was the motivation for this. Uh, and just last question, because I know they're doing it in Europe, but you're not CDC director of Europe, which I'm sure you're plenty happy about. But they, they're issuing health, health passes there, right? Where, you know, you can go to a disco or a discotheque, as they like to call it there, if you have a, a health pass. Is that something that the CDC would ever lean into or perhaps advise here? You know, I think some communities are doing that, and, and that may very well be, be a path forward. I do want to sort of comment that in some fully vaccinated uh, venues, um, if there are people, if they're unmasked, and there are a few people who are transmitting there be- as a fully vaccinated person, it is possible to pick up disease in those settings. We've uh. seen that in some of our outbreak investigations this summer, which right. is why overall it's so very critical to just get the um, huge amount of disease in some of these areas down. Again, but the vaccinated people getting it by and large, they're not getting sick or ill. They're just, you know, carrying the virus and can maybe then pass it on. The vaccination is the easiest, best, most direct way to stay healthy and keep other people healthy. Um, Dr. Shelwaleski, uh, I appreciate you being with us this morning. Thank you. Interesting. So is the CNN actually coming out in opposition of the idea that vaccinated people should be masked? Well, can't speak for all of CNN, but this reporter certainly had that idea. He definitely probed into the reasons, the whys and wherefores, and you heard the answer he got. Vaccinated people can still spread disease. They've been telling you, Get vaxxed, we promise if you get the shot, we'll let you take your mask off. We'll let you go back to work, we'll let you go back to parties, we'll let you go back to your life. We'll give everything back to you, we promise. Just get your vaccine, please. And what were they doing? They were just leading you on. And now that they see they can't lead you on far enough, they're going to say, All right, I've changed my mind. Put your mask back on. I'm tired of it. I'm not waiting. Just get your vaccine. Put your mask back on. If you don't want to get your vaccine, well, that's your problem. We'll make sure your lives are ruined. Take the mask off. We'll do the same thing. That's what's going to happen, America. California Governor Gavin Newsom, remember what he says? Drunk drivers, you're putting yourselves and others at risk. Get your vaccine, America. Put the stupid mask on. Just do what they tell you, America. Really? No, I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to do that. I don't want to get my mask on. I don't want to get vaccinated. It's actually not even a vaccine. And no, I don't want it. I refuse. I am not going to do this just because you're selling me. You're going to give me something back because you're not going to give it back. You don't keep your word. You don't keep your promises. Why should I listen? I mean, how do I know you're not just going to kill me? Because just because you don't keep your promises. So how do I even know that the vaccine works? How do I know that the masks work? I don't. You don't keep your word. You lie. Hayden Kuvion, this is The Patriot Show. Pray for these people. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America.